life, whether we like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet Lori Cook, who as a young Christian found herself in a life-altering situation, assaulted, raped, and impregnated by her attacker. She chose to give birth and raise her beautiful daughter in spite of the circumstances. Like a quilt, God took the tattered pieces of her life and wove them together into a beautiful story. We call this episode, There's Always a Way Through It, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Hi, good morning. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so great to see you, BJ. You too. I was oh, so determined you were on my hit list. I know I mentioned that. <laughs> I have a hit list of people that I really want to interview and you were one of them. Oh, bless your heart. Well, thank you. I just, I am so grateful. I ever got to be your roommate. That was the coolest. (laughs) That's right. We were roommates back in the day. I drive by that house quite often. And I just like, I just reminisce in my mind. It's kind of fun. Thank you again for doing this. You know, this little, this little podcast has taken on a life of its own. You know, somebody will reach out and go, this was a lifesaver for me this week or, you know, oh, something. Wow. so I always go, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. So yes, I'm so glad that you're doing this so, and we have this avenue. So use it, you know, exactly. for positivity and the, the need is great Yeah, for um, people to be inspired and to just, you know, keep keep striving, keep pushing. So I'm really glad you're doing it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here to do it with me today. So for my listing audience, in case you haven't picked up on it, this is an old roommate, Lori Cook. I was about to call you by your maiden name. See there? Yes. It was so so long ago. I can't, I couldn't even remember what my last name was. (laughs) Yes. No, (laughs) No, I I remember. Yes, I know you do. But thank you for being here. So basically, I'm going to open it up to you to share anything of your life's journey. And okay. I, I never try to guide anybody in any direction. So it's whatever yeah. you feel like, you know, you want to share that might okay. help somebody else. Great. Um, so I was, I grew up in Minnesota. I was um, the youngest of a family of five. And as I've gotten older, and kind of unpacking and processing like why I am the way I am. And of course being married, (laughs) you find out some other things and they help point things out too. And I can really um, say that right now, um, it just reminds me of like what it was growing up in Minnesota. It's so different and it's different in a small town. So But it's interesting because I kind of feel like I always knew I wasn't going to stay in that small town. Mm -hmm. And um, so then eventually my family 
Um, during the 80s, um, you know, we were, lived in a small farming community out in western Minnesota. And during the 80s, it was kind of a becoming a depressed area because many of the family farms had to sell out to the um, big corporate farms. Right. So we were in the jewelry business and I grew up um, <laughs> like working in the uh, jewelry store, like especially this time of year, like wrapping gifts and stuff. So I learned a good work ethic in mm -hmm. Minnesota. Um, I think it was kind of like when I moved to Arizona and I was a junior in high school, which was a very difficult time to move. Mm -hmm. I went from a, a class of like 60 some to a class of 700 and some. Wow. It was the first time I had uh, really been around um, probably a diverse group of people. So I wasn't really... Um, it was very hard to fit in. And I think I tried like different ways to fit in. Mm -hmm. um, I started realizing how that experience like really helped me to um, maybe get out of myself a little bit. I was pretty reserved. Mm -hmm. But um, so I moved to Arizona junior year of high school, terrible time to move. And I think I was very frustrated with my parents that they, you know, brought me out of something that was so familiar into this like crazy new life. Right. But um, somehow, you know, I grew up in a spiritual family. We we didn't really read our Bibles, but um, I knew that I needed to just have faith. So that's kind of what how it got me through that part. Right. And I did the best I could. Then I decided... Um, kind of had a little time in life where I just, again, the whole fitting in thing, I started, you know, going out and I was probably, not probably, I was very self-righteous in high school. And, you know, there were things I never was going to do. I was pretty judgmental of my mm -hmm. older siblings, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so then I ended up just trying to just continue this journey of like trying to fit in and just compromised a lot of the standards that I thought I would never leave, you know? Right. And so I started hanging out in the whole club scene and um, just started meeting people that, um, I don't know, I just seemed to feel more comfortable around that and um, just got into the wrong situations, reading, meeting the wrong people. Um, then I, um, Actually, to follow a relationship, I had moved out to uh, the Bay Area okay. and also to go to culinary school. I was supposed to go to culinary school in New York. However, um, I just decided because of this relationship, for some reason, I, it helped me feel uh, secure in some odd way that I would mm -hmm. choose make that very unwise decision, which I thought at the time, to not go to New York to go to culinary school, but just to go to San Francisco. Um, I ended up, um, just having a really, really difficult time. It was the eighties. It, it was a huge, uh, drug scene in the Bay area. Um, I remember watching, uh, 2020 and they were talking about my neighborhood, um, 2020, like how oh, wow. bad the, uh, crack cocaine had gotten. And so, right. Then things just started to get progressively worse. And I remember I was running one morning and I was at the top of this one hill. And I kid you not, it sounds very dramatic, very cliche, but I wasn't in the mood of praying hardly ever. But that particular morning, I just looked out across, I was at the top of this hill 
in the East Bay and I looked out, I could see the Golden Gate Bridge, the Bay Bridge, just really just dreaming like, gosh, this there has to be more to life than this. And I remember asking God, like, if there's something else I'm supposed to do, please just show me. Because I really felt like I was going down like a bad, bad road. It wasn't, and just, I don't know, feeling like I had completely messed up my life. Well, then I was working at this restaurant in Berkeley, uh, California, while I was going to school called His Lordships, oddly enough. And it was a Friday night and really busy. And this sweet couple came in with their Louisiana accent and they were in my station mm-hmm. and invited me to church. <laughs> and I was like, church, I haven't gone to church in who knows how long, but right. I was like, thank you. I was just trying to be friendly, you know, took the invite. And I think um, she called me back actually um, it wasn't too long later. And she asked me if I wanted to come and I really put it off. I did. Mm -hmm. I just was not interested in it. And then finally a few months went by finally. And then, um, she called me again. And at that point there were shoe boxes of cash and cocaine under the bed in the bedroom where I was sleeping. And so one particular Saturday night, she called me again. She's like, Hey, do you want to come? And I'm like, Sure. So I went to the church in Berkeley. I tell you what, it was like a super spiritual experience because it was just so loving and so many different kinds of people. I thought this is amazing. Hearing the singing in this big old building in Berkeley, California, I um, ended up meeting some others there and they asked me if I wanted to study the Bible, study the Bible for about, I don't know, two months, I think, three months. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't sure, but I remember Galatians 519. It's like, oh, wow, this, this is not going to end well for me if I continue <laughs> in this uh, kind of situation. So right. um, th- I was towing with that in my heart. And then one night I just, I'm like, I got to get out of here. And so I called these girls that were just my ride or dies. I'm like, can you come pick me up? Mm-hmm. I'm in a very desperate situation. They moved me in, got all my stuff out the very next day. January 1st, 1985, I was baptized like at one in the morning because I worked at the restaurant. And then when I got off, I went and got baptized one o'clock in the morning, New Year's right. Day. So then for five years, I, you know, was a pretty, um, I just, I was so grateful for my life. I was, um, you know, just living as a, Christian as a disciple, just parents thought I had gone off the deep end, like I must have joined some kind of cult. <laughs> but that's how it is when it's so radical and it's so right. different from right. what everybody else is doing and from what I grew up with. I guess I could see why. And it mm-hmm. was my brother, you know, he's like from the 60s and 70s. He he said it was Berkeley, California. California, so it's got to be like something <laughs> right <laughs> the hippies and stuff so anyways then for five years I think I um was getting stronger I was very um just passionate about you know just doing the right thing and stuff and then um I just had a run in with like this old relationships um dad at some 
place. I guess that I was taking my car and to get it fixed or something. And I saw him and he said, you should give, you know, so-and-so call sometimes. So at this point, I'm thinking I'm strong enough. I'm like, yeah, you know, I can invite him to church, whatever. Right. So he came to church a couple times. And then one night he called me and said, you know, I need, um, I need a ride to get somewhere. And I wanted to take my roommate with me. At that time, I was living with um, uh, a sister that I think if I, you know, just what that one bad decision, if I just would have taken her with me, right? you know, my life would have been so different, but I ended up going by myself, ended up um, spending the next few hours just really trying to get away, trying to like, I didn't know what to do. I ended up um, being raped that evening. It was like, I guess almost midnight or so. Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't believe what had just happened. Left, didn't, I just didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I called, actually, I didn't talk about it for four days. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that that weekend, I was catering a wedding. And I remember the sister came up to me and she was like, this was after everything was done. She's like, Lori, how are you? And then I just broke down. Mm -hmm. I could not, I just can't believe, even to this stage, like not talking about it for four days. So for the next, I would say six to eight weeks, it was just such a struggle. I just felt like there, my whole world had been turned upside down. Right. So then going through the whole process of like, just listening to the, you know, women's leadership and just like, Lori, you just have to get yourself out of here. And they started giving me some options. Like, you know, I could go to San Diego because there was like, um, you know, be safe there. This is after I had to wait and find out if I was pregnant or not. Right. And so once I found out I was pregnant, then for sure I knew I needed to leave. And because I didn't want to go through there's just so many layers of this, like trying to prosecute, trying to get, um, I remember reporting it finally to the police mm -hmm. and they, at the time, it, it, the drug craze was more important than really trying to find out what was happening with, you know, um, sexual assault. So yeah, that right. will forever stay in my head that that right. became more of an issue. But um, they were going to use that to bring this person in for questioning because of a murder that had happened. And you just started feeling like, what, what is the whole use? So I just decided I would leave there and I picked up and I moved to San Diego for about three months. And then um, I started finding out that I was going to have to get my own lawyer. I'd have to go through a court case. It was just a mess. Meanwhile, just being pregnant, sicker than... I've ever been in my life. I've had so much morning sickness. And so finally, that was real traumatic to be in San Diego alone. I mean, I had a great roommate and I just look back, appreciate people. So I finally decided to move to Arizona where my mom and dad were, and they were willing to have me move back in. And so thank God for them. They just, um, my dad was just there, you know, when she was born and they, my uh, daughter um, was born and um, Allie and my dad were so close forever mm -hmm. until he, you know, passed on. But we lived there in Arizona for, um, I guess, for four years. And then four years, I wanted to move somewhere where there were more 
um, there was just more diversity and, you know, be able to raise here in an environment where, you know, what it, she just needed something more. <laughs> and uh, so we moved to LA and that's mm -hmm. when we just had the pleasure. <laughs> I don't hey. even know. If any, I don't even know if anybody warned you like about the whole situation. <laughs> it was a pleasure. <laughs> I still see her as my little goddaughter. Oh gosh, it was awesome. You're just like one of the best mentors, you know. Little, you know, <laughs> little uh, Allie. She was funny. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, we still would have been living with you when she started kindergarten, and it was just yeah. so cute because. She came home and she's like, mom, it's really cool. I have one black teacher and one who's just plain white. <laughs> so, just always so, just so precocious. And then I remember one time at the club, Mikkel uh, Jackson was there. She was overhearing kind of alleys in my conversation. She's still right. only like four or five, you know? Right. And then um, she said, in front of Mikkel, she's like, I wish I had a black mom. And then Mikkel was like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> she was getting in trouble for something as much as I knew about, you know, how right. to discipline her or whatever. But right. that's what Allie said. She's funny. I wish I had a black mom. <laughs> so anyways, then as time went on, you know, she was growing up and um, it was cool because there was this a uh, household of guys that live not too far from our little place on Verdugo in California. Mm -hmm. And uh, Julian was one of them and was always just the server inviting over single moms for brunch and just yeah. always helping everybody move. He was the sound guy at the club and just always serving, 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 That's right. loving, 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 no judgment no anything right he just mm -hmm. was he was just so great he was a grateful guy and he just wanted to be you know a doorkeeper and you know he yeah. just was not about any uh anything else but just loving people and serving so um there was one i think it was a few years of just you know raising it being a single mom and just kind of like you know not really thinking about oh gosh am I ever going to get married or whatever it really wasn't on my on my mind but it felt like you know people would always suggest people and be like mm, you know whatever so one valentine's day I was like oh I just don't want to face another valentine's day being single but I was like you know what let me just invite somebody that's always been like just encouraging and I would like to encourage them back so I invited Julian and I'll tell you what that valentine's 1996 i was like you know what i think i just really like this guy That's and right. i know why now you know <laughs> so it was really cool because we um dated and then um just you know fell in love and we've been married for 26 years now and um what's so cool though is like you think I don't know. It's just, you can keep growing and learning. And then it was like just uh, 2017, I had been a chef for like 30 some years and I decided to go back to school to become a teacher. I was really just not wanting to perpetuate this problem of like the service community and the underserved communities and just how we take advantage of like so right. many marginalized groups. So I decided to go back to school and give back to education. At that time, when I quit my job, 2017, um, Julian suffered from kidney failure. Mm. So then we're like, okay, God, we're just gonna 
do this. You know, it wasn't easy, but he was on dialysis for, you know, quite a number of years. And then we yeah. started finding out he was a good candidate for a transplant. Mm -hmm. So in my, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, and I didn't know enough about how this all goes down, but I thought he had to have like an African-American kidney or a guy kidney or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. So, but then it was cool because it's like, oh, blood type. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's check it out. And sure enough, we were yeah. a match. Oh, wow. So then I was like, well, of course I would do this. That's like a no brainer. Right. And so we went through the kidney transplant and now he's doing great. And you awesome. just really see how God just orchestrates everything. Um, there's so many other parts of the story that, um, you know, I could go into, but it's just, it's been just so great to, just to be able to grow closer in ways that we never could have done this. Like when you share an organ, it's like, it just is so powerful. Wow. And it's just really brought us a lot closer. I know it was cool. Just a couple of weeks ago, he was saying how <laughs> it's like, we're married. Like we were married two weeks ago. It's just kind of cool. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just, it's a really special, special thing. <laughs> hey Julian. I did say that and I really meant it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's kind of fun. It's just we um you know it's just been a year, years, 26 years of really <laughs> growing and changing and learning how to appreciate each other in just new and different ways and um definitely don't want to make light of like the struggles that you go through, you know, right. but, um, we just are so grateful. We're just, um, kind of just basking in the 26 years now and yeah. believe how the hard times brought us closer. I, you know, we just have to have people that are on the other side. It can't always yeah. be like, yes, I've arrived and I went through all these things and now I'm just kind of coasting. Cause I think I got, now I can say like, no, it's okay. Bring it on. It's okay. Because right. we're just, we're going to be able to get stronger right. and you get tighter with God. You're just, I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's just, I'm grateful for the challenges. I love that. I love that. I love how God, whew, God goes, ahead. I get chills when I hear stories. I'm really getting chills throughout as I'm hearing you talk how God goes before us and he lays the groundwork. Yes. You know, going back to, you know, the, the audience doesn't know, but Allie, you know, she's biracial and for God to bring Julian into your yes. life, you know, yes. so that it's reflective really of who she is. Yes. You know, so it's just amazing how all these pieces were formed together. Yes. I, I will never forget this little conversation. I think we were walking somewhere. It was just she and I. It was shortly mm -hmm. after we were married. <clears throat> and I'm sorry, this part will make me. It's okay. But I remember her saying, like, she goes, it's really cool because the whole other side, I think, because um, Julian eventually had let me know that he was born as a result of his mom being raped. Oh, wow. And so even though Allie didn't know that mm -hmm. when she was like four, whenever we were first married, she said, you know, mom, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Cause she's like, you know, I don't know my dad, 
and dad doesn't really know his and it was okay and mm -hmm. i just knew well like god provided that yeah it was just god orchestrating this whole thing and then eventually how many years later julian would need a kidney yes so he filled our lives and then i was able to give back to him yeah it's just it's been a series of healing and i know even for him there's been going through all this you know kidney stuff and just kind of it causes you to like really look back at your upbringing and some disconnects and even there's still a ways to go i think mm -hmm. even you know trying to help ally through it even though she's an adult now there's still right hearts you know that just need to be healed yeah and unpacked but god provided her with an amazing amazing husband yeah so who's such a gift it's just so many ways i just yeah. it's like this big quilt and I, I i think through all of it i've always just been it's like a awakening to see how god is always working behind the scenes yes. this story is not over yet you yeah. can feel like when it's so hard like oh this i don't know you know and i i right. see you know we've been around a long time right so you see people just walk away and just yeah. kind of give up it's like who are we to give up we just can't give up mm -hmm. we don't make that decision like that's like trying to say god you're not moving fast enough you don't care anymore I'm just going to go do it my way. And, you know, thanks for trying, but this is just not the way I wanted it to turn out. So there were many times granted, you know, when I felt like uh, there's that temptation, but I, he always came through before. So why would I stop now? Like, right. What else? It just was crazy. Right. But there's just so many layers where he just like is making this beautiful quilt and, yeah. um, that's beautiful. pretty cool. That is so awesome. You got me in tears. We're all up here sniffling. <laughs> but it's just, you know, oh my gosh, I always tell people, please don't abort your story too soon. You know, we're so quick, exactly what you're saying. We're so quick to, to give it up, to step out because it's hard right now, or it doesn't look the way we think it should look, or this is an ugly part of my story. But if we just stay the course. Yeah. You know, and your story yeah. is a perfect example. God is doing something. He's doing something. And if you could just see, I would say the impact of, of both of these, his children. Mm -hmm. Julian has such an impact on people. Mm -hmm. People love him, trust him. Like he's helped his brother. He's just helped our family, you know. Um, it, it just, and the impact that she's having as, in education you right. know it just and for other um like children like it's just a powerful story yeah that she can like help people with too yeah i love to tell i was telling oh i was telling the women this week i would say you know what it's not our story it's his story yes you that's know? a great reminder and god has a story we don't know all the pieces. I love that you you use the example of a quilt because yes. a quilt is made up of all sorts of pieces that doesn't look like it should fit. Right. Until it's completed. And right. then you look at it and go, oh, that quilt is gorgeous. That quilt is beautiful. And that's the story of your life. You look at all the pieces individually and you would panic. 
and go, right. oh my gosh, I can't believe God, you let this happen. Or I right. can't believe, you know, we can go into those spaces, but yeah. if we give God the opportunity to weave it all together, yes, we get to see the beauty and of it. That's really it. And I was recently, I just decided I needed to study grace more. And that really just brought it home for me. It's like, it reminds me of who I was. Mm -hmm. I made the crummy decisions sometimes and yet he still made something beautiful he my mistakes he feel like he didn't give up on me like right. it just it was time and time again he was trying to get my attention yeah but he didn't give up on me yeah so then I was like well why would I give up on you know there are many times where I just felt like I first of all being on dialysis is really hard mm -hmm. it's it's hard for your whole body your psyche everything so and I know like through the years, I think that's the other part of marriage that I've seen, like, you know, people just, you got to treat that person like it's God's child, no matter like what mistakes, what, how they talk to you, whatever you just, it comes from somewhere. There's a, there's, it's like a place. It's not the person, it's a place that they're in. So if right. they're not talking to you the way you want them to talk to you or, it's just, you got to give them time. It's like, and then it, you just remember God gave you a lot of time, right? So exactly. I, I mean, he just didn't give up on me and was able to just turn everything around. You just, there's always hope. That's one scripture that always <laughs> stays with me. That's right. That's right. Hope does not, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That was the other thing. It's our responsibility and a way to show gratitude to mm -hmm. not give up on hope mm -hmm. not to give up think like I, I don't know it's just it's a powerful thing when you realize it's like there's there's something else coming it's just it's the joy of the journey it's like seeing what miracle how is this all going to turn out you know right right it's just it's so it's a powerful lesson I'm not saying it comes easy and you know, I'm not trying to say like I'm on the other side because I don't think we ever are on the other side. No, no. as Never long as we're are. alive, we're in the midst of an ongoing story. Yes. Yeah, you. It's making me think of Christmas. Honestly, you know, you have mm. your, you have your wishes. You know, oh, I wish I get this. Oh, I hope I get this. But you don't really know until you open up that package what you've received. You know, right. and I think the same is true with our lives with God. God, I wish, I wish, I wish this. I hope I get this, and I wish this. And God is like, you just have to wait until you open yeah. up the package, and then you see what it is that I've gifted you with. You know, and it right. may or may not be the gift that we wanted but it is the best gift for us ultimately. Yes, that's it. You nailed it. It's what is picked for us. Right. It's his will. Yeah. Not, not what our will is. He, yes. he knows what's going to help us be sustained. He knows what's definitely not going to help us be sustained. <laughs> and now, like, I think just seeing, it was crazy, you know, to think like I could go back to college, you know, and just get my teaching degree and I'm working on getting my uh, master's in special education. And it's just empowering to see you don't give up on like what God thinks you can do. And right. Julian has been very encouraging in that too. And right. and now like coaching our kids for the students run LA marathon. It's been such a journey and so much fun. Like 
just seeing the joy that when they overcome and they meet their goals, you mm -hmm. know, of mm -hmm. increasing distance and stuff. So that's also been kind of like a, just a gift. It's never giving up. It's allowing God to stretch you beyond where you think you yes. can Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, people always ask, oh my gosh, BJ, I can't believe all of what you're doing. I'm going, you know, until God says I'm done, I'm not done. Not done. That's it. And I think like even just me running a marathon, one kidney, like what the <laughs> heck? What am I doing? But it's kind of cool. It's just like, well, okay, bring it on, you know, right. let's do it. And it's a real metaphor for what life is. It is yeah. a marathon. It's yeah. not just going to be, you don't just sprint to this and sprint to that. You got to just be ready in it for the long haul, whether right. it's your life, your marriage, your child rearing, whatever it is. And nobody promises that, you know, everybody's, you know, just going to do what you want them to do. It's not this like, little storybook life it just right. cannot be <laughs> that's not what helps us is the yeah. story of life yeah wow. it's just kind of cool this is oh Lori, um, this has been so good i'll tell you i got chill <laughs> let, hey, let me ask a couple questions because i'm sure people are thinking um when you found out that okay you get you get raped and you're like oh my god i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do with my life then you find out that you're pregnant what were the thoughts? Did you actually have any thoughts of what do I do now? Do I stay with this? Do I let this go? Because we're in this space right now, not a political oh, yeah. space, just reality, <clears throat> where people are trying to figure out, do I or do I not? What was your process going through the whole thing? Well, it's interesting because I'm almost afraid to say, but I think that's part of like, kind of, it also goes along with our current state, whether it be social justice or abortion or whatever, that my own, like my dad said, well, I think in this instance, you know, you know, and there was a sister in like the church that even said like, well, I think that's the best way, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, to end it. But I was like, no, that's not the answer. Right. Because after already having one in my wildest days, I'm like, that is not the answer. Right. You will be forever tormented by that decision. I'm not saying the world's going to make you tormented. It's mm -hmm. going to be your own heart mm -hmm. and your own thought process so i knew i wasn't going to do that okay in this situation i felt like a lot of hurt and you know i remember one time i was when i was living in san diego and one um specific time in my life i just went through in my new international version and circled put a T actually by all the verses about trust, because I knew like, this was a way I was going to have to trust God. I'm like, okay, this is it. I, I gotta, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, but I got to see this through. And I remember I was walking with my mother Again, I was so sick and I was still trying to figure out if I was going to prosecute and all this kind of stuff from, you know, far away, living in Phoenix and talking to a brother who was a district attorney up there and just trying to figure out, like, what do I, do I have a leg to stand on? Is it worth it? Do I, you know, whatever. And 
sometimes I think like maybe I should have done more, but I think, I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So I, um, but I remember one walk, I was out on a walk with my mom and she was asking me if I was gonna, you know, raise the child or give the child up for adoption. And I said, I'm going to raise the child. And she started crying. She's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, good. So it makes you see like, again, you know, just loving parents and the support. Yeah, just, yeah. And I recently read this book by Susan Burton. She's, um, she's actually one of CNN's women of the year, mm-hmm. um, hero of the year. She started homes for women that are getting out of prison and they need to have a start. Yeah. And a lot of times it's women that had um, been abused and, you know, out of self-defense maybe, you know, or drugs or just bad situations. But right. um, her story is, I, I just really want to meet her because there's many similarities. Like I would have some things to relate with her, mm-hmm. you know, and she writes about her daughter and all kinds of stuff. But um it's really, I, it was definitely God, like helping me through because I, I don't know if I would have, I couldn't have made the right decisions had I not just been, God was leading me. God put the right people in my life and right. God gave me loving parents. And then, you know, my dad's first feeling went completely went out the window after she was born. He just, yeah. he was, he raised her yeah. so powerful that when he was in the hospital right before he died and he was on like a ventilator mm-hmm. and his eyes were closed and couldn't speak. And as soon as Allie came in that room, his eyes opened. Wow. Like he sensed it. Yeah. Yeah. They had a very special relationship. Yeah. But it just shows how powerful God is, right? Exactly. We can take our ugly hearts or awful thoughts or words or whatever and just like make it into something so beautiful. Yeah. I love, I love you said when you just went through your new international (laughs) and just put a T everywhere you know life can deal us things sometimes we really don't know what to do you know you're just torn and then you have people that are telling you various things and at some point you have to make that decision yes and it really comes down to trust yes and to see that you were willing to dig to fight for it uh you know, and I understand your mom's question Do are you going to raise this child? Are you going to give this child up? Um, you know, either would have been fine with God, I'm sure, if you had chosen to put her in the system and let someone else yeah. raise her, but you chose. No, God, I'm taking the hand that you've dealt yes. with, you yep. know, and God has just blessed it. It's just so beautiful, you know, all the way down to the minute little things. And I know it, it ends with the beautiful story of you and Julian and how all of that comes together. But even all the little brown faces that you were involved with along the way, so right. she had identity. She could, yes. you know, 
it's just, I don't know, between me, Mikkel, all these people who she had her, her black teacher and just a regular white teacher. <laughs> it's like God gave her all the pieces so that yes. when she looks at herself in the mirror, she could see both parts of herself. Yeah. Just beautiful. It was, it's just, it's such a, it's such a powerful story. And I always tell Julian too, I hope he will write his story sometime because how it all comes together. I know Allie's talked about writing her story, mm -hmm. but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Definitely yeah. want to present to the, to people, there's a way through it. It's, you just cannot give up. You can't just make your own decisions. Sometimes you really got to just hold up. Just don't do anything crazy, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question or not, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, uh, don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. Right. You know, yeah. that's, that's what it is. Sometimes we do just have to wait it out. Mm-hmm. Hold God's hand, allow God to hold you and things yeah. will be rocky and crazy for a while. But if we don't make some permanent decision based on a temporary situation, we do begin mm -hmm. to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, exactly. Well, this has been amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted from crying, but <laughs> so warm. <laughs> oh, I'm just, it's such a privilege and I really appreciate you reaching out and hopefully I, you know, can help. People. Oh yeah, um, no doubt, no doubt. Give my love to your girl. I I always hit her yeah. up whenever I see her on Facebook. You know, I mean, she was my flower girl in the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so she's always an extension of my little family. Yeah. Well, I hope we can get together sometime. Maybe we'll drive up to Reno or something. I miss the snow. <laughs> right. Well, we're in the LA area a lot. Oh, good. So we're always flying in and out. So now that I know, I'll have to hit you guys up. Please tell Julian, I said, hey, I heard his voice. Yes, it's please do. It's Definitely okay. give us a buzz when you're coming through. Absolutely. Well, Kai wanted me to say hey. Hey, Kai. <laughs> Love you guys so much. All right, guys. Keep going. Love you tons. Talk to you soon. Love you too. Talk to you soon. Bye, Lori. Have a well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out.